Welcome to the Addicted Mind Plus, the podcast where recovery, mental health, and wellness take the front seat. I'm Dwayne Osterland, and joining me is my co-host, Eric Osterland, known for his insightful work on the Stuck Brain podcast. In each episode, we'll dive into actionable small steps to help those in recovery journey further along the path to wellness. Our conversations are designed to be concise, typically around 15 minutes, though we may occasionally delve deeper when the topic demands it. Our goal, to provide you with practical advice grounded in real experiences and expert insights to empower your recovery journey. So whether you're on a break, on a walk, or just taking a moment for yourself, join us as we explore the many facets of recovery and mental health one small step at a time. This is The Addicted Mind Plus, where your journey to wellness gets an extra boost. So let's get started. All right, Eric, we got a great episode today. I am really excited about this episode. You're going to learn a lot from it. Yeah, we're going to talk about shame and the shame compass and how it will keep you from achieving the life you want and stuck in your addiction cycle. Now, I'm excited about this episode, but at the same time, shame is not always a topic that we want to talk about because shame is painful. But if we don't talk about it, it's going to keep us from achieving the life we want and stuck in that addictive cycle. So if you're listening right now, ask yourself, do you criticize yourself often? Do you sometimes just want to shrink away from others so that they just can't see you or you wish you could just be invisible? Or maybe you even exaggerate your accomplishments when you're with others and build yourself back up or you just pretend you don't even care. Or maybe you just point out other people's faults when stuff isn't going the right way. Or you keep yourself so busy that you don't even have to think about feeling bad about yourself. Now, what you might recognize in all of these statements are strategies that we use to deal with shame. Even if you're doing well, you may be still dealing with the feeling of shame and not even know it. Shame can operate at an unconscious level. It operates in the background. So you want to pay attention to this episode. The shame compass can help you get the life you want and keep you out of that addiction cycle. That's why this episode is so important. And if you continue to operate out of shame, then you're going to continue to repeat those negative behaviors and continue to struggle with addiction, anxiety, and depression. You're going to continue to be critical of yourself. And this is going to make you stay in that addiction cycle. So that's why we're here today. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're listening right now, I'm sure you're going to relate because the emotion of shame is something that we all deal with. As Eric was saying, it often operates in the background. You might not even know it. And so you want to learn how to identify it. And that's the shame compass. It will start to look at our behavior and help us see how shame is showing up in our life. This is a really important piece of work when you're in recovery. Shame is a really difficult emotion, probably the hardest one to tolerate. That's why this is so important to learn how to use the compass of shame. That way you can navigate your way out of it. Yeah. And what's important to know is that no one heals through shame. In all of my work, no one has gotten better or gotten any kind of recovery by shaming themselves to get better. It just doesn't work. So by understanding shame and being able to navigate the shame compass, we can build shame resiliency and find our way out of it. Yeah. So let's dive in. Let's do a little bit of history of the shame compass and who created it. 
Yeah, the Shame Compass was created by Donald Natherson around 1992. And in his work, he was studying the emotion of shame. And he noticed that people primarily deal with shame in four different ways. Today, in this episode, we're going to look at those four ways so that you can look at shame in your own life and start to notice it and then maybe take contrary action to that shame. So if you're listening right now, I'm sure you're going to relate to this because the emotion of shame is something that we all experience. And when we can learn how shame is operating in our life, we can change it and we can build shame resiliency. Yeah. So I agree with you, Duane. Shame is a hard emotion to tolerate. So let's jump in to the shame compass and go over the four ways. All right. So let's start with the first one, which is withdrawal. For some people, when we experience shame, we withdraw. And when we withdraw, we view shame as valid. And so we want to just leave the situation. So we may be somewhere and start to experience some kind of shame in our body, and we start to want to minimize our exposure to it. So you may find yourself just going quiet or going silent, in a way, just wanting to be invisible, just disappear. And you start to cut off connection from others. And when you start to do that, you can start to ask yourself, am I actually feeling shame here? Because I have this desire to just withdraw from this situation. I just don't want to experience this. I'm going to pull away, disappear into the background. And that might be one way you deal with shame. Yeah. And with the withdrawal part of the of the shame, it tends to lead to more depression and isolation and loneliness, which therefore is going to feed your addiction cycle. Yeah. So withdrawal is pretty a pretty serious part of this. Yeah. So the next strategy that we might use if we're experiencing shame is the attack self strategy. So the person who experiences this experiences shame as valid and starts to turn it inward and turn that anger towards the self. And this is where we hear self-criticism and self-deprecation and contempt and disgust towards the self. So rather than withdrawing from the situation, the person who attacks the self is motivated to endure that feeling of shame because they don't want to lead to the rupture of a relationship that they're in. So they'll, they'll stay in it and they'll just say, yeah, you're right. I'm a horrible, rotten person. I'm bad. I'm no good. And they'll use that as a way to try and cope with the shame. I'm just going to pile it on myself and I'll just experience it all the way. And that way I can just get through it and I'm not going to lose the relationship that I'm in. Yeah. And withdrawal and attacking self, they kind of go together. Those two are pretty close together, I would say. So if you see withdrawal, you're probably going to have some attacking self in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the next one is something that is not as easily recognized. Actually, this one is probably more unconscious, and this is avoidance. And avoidance is, I'm just not going to put myself in any situation where I may experience shame. So you just won't try new things. You won't go to places. You won't talk to somebody. You won't have difficult conversations. Because you just want to avoid the possibility of experiencing shame. And once again, as I was saying earlier, this often is very unconscious and not as noticeable. 
because you're fending off shame before you even have the chance to feel it. And that really limits your opportunity to make connections with other people and build your recovery community, for example. Maybe you had a small slip or something and you decide, ah, I'm not going to go to the meeting. I don't want to talk to anybody else about it because I feel so much shame. So I'm just going to avoid that whole situation altogether. And then once again, you're stuck in that addictive cycle. You're not getting that support. And with avoidance, the reason why it's also so hard to spot is because it's used to take that, that feeling of shame and try to make it be a positive feeling or at least a neutral feeling. So that might cause us to do behaviors that are unhealthy for us. Yeah, and an addiction thrives in the avoidance part of the shame compass. Definitely, I I can't agree with you more on that. Yeah, and then the final one on the shame compass is attacking others, and this is when you feel shame, you reduce someone else's worth to try and make yourself feel better. So you attack them, you blame them, you may put them down and say they are horrible people or it's all their fault so that you don't have to experience any shame in yourself. And often this can go to the extreme of physical or emotional abuse to another person. So a person may have so much shame that they just lash out at other people and they don't realize that it's really about their own shame. They don't know how to cope with it. And this is one where when we take a step back, we can feel really bad about it because we can realize, wow, we've really hurt other people in our life by attacking them and putting them down to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. And that can cause us to withdraw more and self-attack as well. So it's, it's a cycle too with the attacking others. Yeah, absolutely. It goes around and around and we, we spin around the shame compass trying to just get out of shame. And what I see with this is that most people have a favored strategy that they use on one part of the shame compass that they'll use more often than another one. But I think if we're dealing with shame, we're going to fall on some of the shame compass somewhere at some point. Yeah. Like you said, we all do it to a certain extent. We all have this emotion and the way we're on the compass is important. Now, the nice thing about the compass of shame is it's been studied since 1992 when it came out. In 2006, Ellis and his colleagues developed the compass of shame scale which is a nice scale for measuring your tendencies of which one of the four ways that you fall on that compass. So that's a nice scale out there. And it's been studied quite a bit. Now, remember, shame could be operating in the background. It's important to take some time to identify shame and see if it is operating in the background and where you are on the compass of shame. Once you know where you are on the compass, you can start to navigate out of that shame to a really enjoyable life. And what's so great about this is that this is something you can do right now. This is a simple activity that you can start immediately. Yeah, and the research backs this up. When we deal with shame, we become so much more functional in our life. Shame stops us from doing so many things we wanna do. And if we understand how shame is operating in our life, understand how it's manifesting in our behavior, we can do something about it. And it really shows that when we address our shame, there are positive results and it really helps us stop the addiction cycle. Now, it's not going to solve every single problem, but this is definitely one you want in your toolbox. So the bottom line is that addressing your shame 
greatly shows positive results and it helps you stop your addiction cycle and live the life you want. Yeah. And if you are getting a lot out of this episode, share it with a friend or share it with somebody you think would benefit from this topic and write us a review. We'd really appreciate it. Go do that right now. It helps other people find this podcast and get the support that they need. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, everyone. After Eric and I recorded this episode, we decided to write an ebook about this and break it down in more detail for you. So if you'd like to check that out, you can click the link in the show notes or go to theaddictedmind.com forward slash plus and get the ebook there and use the coupon code TAM7. Get that book for free at no cost to you. So check it out and start navigating out of shame. All right, everyone, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning into the Addicted Mind Plus. We hope today's episode has brought you valuable insights and a small step to support your journey in recovery, mental health, and wellness. For more information about this episode and additional resources, please visit our website at theaddictedmind.com forward slash plus. And if there's a topic you're eager to hear about or a question you'd like us to explore, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us at theaddictedmind.com and let us know your thoughts. Your journey is important and we're here to support you every step of the way. Until next time, take care and keep stepping forward on your path to wellness. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.